He is the JoeBucksFan.com draft guru, as heard many times on the Ira Kaufman podcast. The great Sean Sullivan is here now with his new podcast, Best in Class, presented by Bill Curry Ford. You love diving into all things NFL draft, but what about after the draft? That's what this weekly podcast is about, and a little bit of Buccaneers talk too. Keeping up with the rookies and second-year guys around the NFL, how they are playing, how they're being used, and much more. Here he is, Sean Sullivan. Hi, everybody. It's Sean Sullivan coming to you live from Bill Curry Ford Studios in Tampa at the soon-to-be Giant Returns 2023. Very excited about our construction project. Hi to all the Buck fans and all the football fans out there. Very excited. I got Grace with me. Please follow us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa, Facebook. Give me some other ones. You know, Twitter. Oh, that's a good one. Twitter's a good one. So I'm very excited. The season's over. Playoffs are starting. And I'm and we're under a bunch of dust at the at the at Bill Curry Ford. You know, we're building this the, the this dream machine that everyone's gonna love. I mean it's gonna have all the amenities in the whole world. And uh, the Curry family is investing twenty million dollars in the Tampa Bay community, as well as their forty one active charities. Visit us at Curry Cares on our website, BillCurryFord.com. Go on there, see all the specials that we have right now and the, the new car vehicles that we have left over year-end. Plus, we're buying cars right now. So as everyone knows in the whole world, there's a car shortage and we are paying top dollar for cars. So come and see me and we'll give you the best deal and go on there and find you a, a good car to get your tax savings. All right, now that I got the, uh, the business out of the way, let's get on to some football. So uh, I got some emails. I wanted to shoot them real quick. I wanted to say thank you to Greg Bedusa. He's uh, one of our listeners. I hope I pronounced your name right. I'm terrible at names, Grace will tell you. Terrible, I get my own name wrong half the time. I wanna thank you for your email, and uh, absolutely, I will work with anyone. Um, it doesn't matter where you're located. Greg, I was asking if, he, if I could order him a car, even though he lives in South Florida. That's not a problem at all. I can ship cars to where you are. I can do everything by email or paperwork. So just so you know, you can conduct business with me over the email. If you're, and he's, by the way, a big Bucks fan, so congratulations on being a Bucks fan. It's the greatest organization in pro sports to follow, uh, highs and lows. And thank you for being a listener to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. So very excited about that. Grace, just so you know, I set somebody up on an Android. I figured out how to do the Google Play thing. You'd be so proud of me if you saw me with the technology. And I got someone to follow our podcast uh, that was very excited. Awesome. Uh, this comes from Al, and he said, I really enjoy listening to your podcast on Joe Bucks fan. I really wanted the Bucks to draft Creed Humphrey in the second round last year. Sadly, the Chiefs grabbed him uh, right before us. If Humphrey was available to the Bucks back then, do you think the Bucks would have drafted him instead of Trask? I know that we have a fantastic offensive line, but I thought we really needed quality depth at center and a successor to Ryan Jensen. So I couldn't agree with you more, Al. I definitely think the, the Bucks would have considered Creed Humphrey if not drafted him. He was the top center available, and he's had an amazing year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's really solidified their line. I'd have to think, knowing Jason Light, who, by the way, is a brilliant GM and should be executive of the year, executive of the year for the NFL. And I really do like calling that Raymond James Stadium the lighthouse because it's a team that he built, and I'm very proud of him and the work and the hard work and dedication that he put into to drafting the depth on this team. But his offensive line background, I, I just don't think that he could have passed up on Creed Humphrey, and I think that he would be. Uh, a backup. And as you know, we drafted uh, a center slash guard out of um, 
Notre Dame and Robert Hainsey, who can basically play a bunch of different positions in the third round. But I definitely think that Al's on to something, and uh, I think that Creed Humphrey would have been our draft pick. But, again, we don't have a time machine. We're not going back in time. And if I did, I probably wouldn't go back for the, sec- for the second-round pick of last year's draft. There's probably more important things I would do. But let's get on to a very, very important conversation, which is the Tom Brady MVP talk. So uh, I've had conversations with Ira Kaufman about this, with Lita Kemper, and uh, obviously uh, uh, Steve with Joe Bucks fan. And one of the things that I I always want to say is none of the conversations anybody makes for Aaron Rodgers makes any sense to me. Okay? And I'm going to go over a couple examples, and we're going to shoot right through them. Okay? Here's Tom Brady's 2021 statistics. 5,316 yards passing, which, by the way, is the third most in NFL history. 43 touchdowns, tied for 10th all-time in the NFL. Uh, This isn't career stats, guys. This is just 2021. Most completions of of any quarterback in history with 485. He broke Drew Brees' record. Um, Drew, if you're listening and you're at home, I don't know what you're doing right now, uh, if you're knitting or or whatever you do or watching Netflix. You lost another statistic to Tom Brady, so um, you suck. 7% drop rate. So I'm going to go through this. Real, I just found out this drop rate thing. It's super interesting. Tom Brady has a 7% drop rate. That means every time he throws a pass, 7% of the time his receivers drop the ball. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, has a 4% drop rate. So not only does Tom Brady beat him in every statistical category, including setting NFL records for the most completions in a season, he has a higher drop rate and still crushes Rodgers. This is Rodgers' statistics, 4,115 yards, 37 TDs, and four touchdowns or four interceptions. That's a wonderful job for a guy that has a, a ponytail and had a terrible Halloween costume. So, by the way, the records are exactly the same, 13-4. and Rodgers is the first seed, Brady's the second seed, but head-to-head, Tom Brady destroys Aaron Rodgers. He's a choke artist in the playoffs. I have no idea why they're favored for the Super Bowl uh, in Vegas. But, again, uh, we'll see what happens in the playoffs as, as it goes. So I'm going to go on a limb and say if Brady doesn't win at 44 years old, setting NFL records, setting personal best passing yards, throwing for 43 touchdowns, which is tied for 10th, getting his team to a division title, getting his team to 13-4, and four, which, by the way, set an, an, a franchise record for the Buccaneers in most wins since 1976. We've never had 13 wins. Pales and comp- I mean, it actually destroys Aaron Rodgers' 4,000 yards and 37 touchdowns. Not only that, Rodgers quit on his team. And the reason why I say quit on his team is I'm, gonna, I'm not going to have this long political discussion about whether you're a vaccine person or a non-vaccine person because I support both of you. I am a person that supports freedom. But here's my problem with Aaron Rodgers. You lied to your teammates. You can say all you want. You lied to the people that you go in the trenches with. This is the kind of guy Tom Brady is. Brady refused to leave the game and, uh, against the Carolina Panthers, who we blew out 41-17, to 17 because he wanted to make sure that Gronk got a $500,000 incentive with one more catch. Brady wanted to make sure that ball came out of his hand, that Gronk caught it, because that's the kind of teammate that Brady is. Brady invites people to live in his house, who he thinks the Buccaneer, will help the Buccaneers win. He makes sure that his guys get their incentives. He is a true teammate and a true leader of a, of a sports team. There is no question. Aaron Rodgers quit on his team, lied to his team, acts like he's separate from his team. He, he, if you ever watch him, and, and this is, is going to be very strange, but I, li- I watch a lot of people's uh, mannerisms and behaviors because I'm in the car business. I read people for a living. That's what I do. I read their mannerisms, and that's how I determine whether they're 
uh, I should push harder or less when I'm trying to close a customer on purchasing a car. That's the business that I'm in and that's the way it works, right? That little, little insight in the car business. Aaron Rodgers' body language when, he, when he's by himself, he is a narcissist. The only thing that this guy cares about is himself. Team does not come first with Aaron Rodgers. Just like in the offseason where he says, I might retire, and he threw his little hissy fit because the team drafted Jordan Love. I'm sorry, did Brady care that we drafted Kyle Trask? So did Brady go and say, hey, what are you guys trying to do? I'm 44, and you guys are drafting a quarterback in the second round. You know why? Brady doesn't concern himself with Kyle Trask. You know, Lions don't concern themselves, you know, with the daily uh, ongoings of the sheep. You know, that, that's just not the way it works. So on to the next thing. If Brady doesn't win the MVP, it's just because people are jealous and they don't want to give Brady yet another award because it's not even close. And by the way, where's the Aaron Rodgers injuries this year? Tom Brady, every single time we left the game, had another starter out. I believe we only had the starters for two games in a 17-game season um, altogether. And guess what? We still won at 13 games inside a franchise record. So Aaron Rodgers, I hope your toe swells up overnight and you can't ever play again. All right? You suck. All right. Let's get on to the Bucks and, and the fact that uh, I was at the game, I watched the game, there was a lot of loafing in this game in the first half, and you know, I don't want to be negative about it, and I, so I was like, why are guys that typically don't loaf loafing in this game? And, I'm good, and, I, and I did some research, and I talked to Lita Kemper about this. This is a tired team, and let me explain to you why they're tired. They played more games last year than everybody in the league. You played the most games. Right? So you go, you play the most games, you have a very short off season. These other teams, these other players are already resting. We're playing for four more weeks, right? The team then celebrated a Super Bowl win, had a short off season, you know, they're going around, and then they went right back into a new season. And instead of being able to rest for four preseason games, you know, Bruce Arians could have came and said, we're going to rest some players in this preseason, get these guys ready for the, for the season. That's not what happened this year because the NFL went to 17 games. So we had a shorter preseason where you can't rest your starters. The starters have to play in the regular season. They have to get these reps. I, and everybody's talking about what's wrong with Devin White. Why is he the 80th ranked linebacker out of 88 linebackers on Pro Football Focus? And I'm going to tell you, the guy's exhausted. The guy's been dealing with, with people being injured around him all year. He, did, he, he played the most games last year. He's gone and he went right into this game. He's played the most snaps for the Bucks on defense. Um, and I'm, I'm looking and I'm going, this guy's mentally and physically tired, okay? And I hope that, and he doesn't even get a week of rest because we didn't get the first seed, so he's going right into this next game. I'm hoping that he can do a reset, hit the reset button, Devin, hit the reset button, and go into this game and give it everything you got against the Eagles. And I know you're tired, and I'm telling you, you got every Buck fan in this entire world behind you, as well as everybody else on this team that's tired. But make no mistake, when you play all the games we played last year, we played 16 plus, we played 20 games last year, got no rest, came right into a season where we didn't get four preseason games, and then we played 17 regular season games, okay? No other Super Bowl champion has had to deal with what we're dealing with right now, and guess what? We won 13 games. We went 13 and four. So I'm proud of every single player, and as far as the game is concerned, it was a, it was a fun game in the second half. We really started to, to show our depth and really found something in the second half. Um, Kashawn Vaughn, our third-round pick out of Vandy in 2020, had 10 carries for 29 yards and a TD. It really doesn't do him justice because he had some short runs, but he, had, but he looks better. Uh, if you're watching the game, 
he really made a lot out of nothing in some of these blocking schemes, and I was very proud of how he played. Uh, Jalen Darden, our fourth-round draft pick out of North Texas, he had no catches in the game, but he had several good returns. If you were watching the game, um, he seems to be um, getting better at return. K.J. Britt, uh, our fifth-round draft pick out of Auburn, the linebacker, had four tackles in this game. He had a tackle for loss, so congratulations to uh, K.J. Britt. Joe Tryon, our first-round draft pick out of Washington, had three tackles. He ended the season with 21 tackles and four-and-a-half sacks on the, on the season. So Joe, uh, in the offseason, and I, I hope he, he lights it up in the playoffs and when we win the next Super Bowl. I, I hope all that's good. I hope he puts on 20 pounds of muscle in the offseason because I think that he – He's going to be a good one. Oh, and by the way, he had three pass defense for the year, two of them against Carolina. He led the team in pass defense. I don't like it when we, when we have pass rushers that don't rush the passer. It drives me nuts. I love Todd Bowles, but it drives me nuts. All right, so I'm looking at Joe Tryon, and he had two pass defense. That's more than Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, and Sean Murphy Bunting had in the game. Okay, so it's just crazy. We had a Robert Hainsey sighting. Our third-round pick out of Notre Dame. So um, if you remember the Scotty Miller TD uh, play, Robert Hainsey was up the field blocking, just knocking people down, showing great effort. I mean, obviously, he's also fresh. He hasn't played. So, I mean, he's probably, he's probably ready to play. But congratulations on showing out on film because that when, the, when the Bucks look at that film, they're going to absolutely love it. All right, that's my Bucks talk. We're going into the Eagles. This week we play Sunday at 1. I think we're going to roll the Eagles. I know it's the playoffs, but we're getting our players back. I, I think that Brady's going to take another notch up the belt, you know, tighten this game up. I think we'll have a cleaner game, a better tackling game, and we're at home. I'm going to be doing a, a playoff podcast next week. I'm going to be breaking down the Senior Bowl, which I'm very excited about. This, this is an amazing year for prospects. And if you watch that Alabama-Georgia game last night, I was like a little kid going, hee-hee, because there's so many prospects in that game. I loved watching that game so much. I just can't wait to go over these uh, diaper dandies to a Dick Vitale reference. I can't wait to go through them with you guys in the offseason. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be some great stuff to keep you busy. As the Bucks are, are throwing this, the uh, trophy overhand this year, um, right after the Super Bowl, we're going to really break down the, the uh, combine um, and I think I might go to the Combine this year. It just depends on, the, um, on what the, uh, the Nazis are doing with, uh, with COVID. So we'll see. But if, if it's, uh, it's going to be good, then I'm going to try to make it and uh, bring back some really good nuggets for Joe Buck's fan and for um, best in class. All right, let's get on the Kansas City Broncos game. Kansas City won this game 28-24. Pat Holmes, you know, Patrick Holmes um, led the team in passing and rushing that's uh, not a surprise. Let's go over some rookies. It really wasn't much of a game. The Broncos coach, you know, um, uh, Vic got fired after this game. So Nick Bolton, um, the linebacker out of Missouri, second-round draft pick of Kansas City, had six tackles and a TD. We already talked about their first-round draft pick, Creed Humphrey. Uh, the center, obviously, is playing terrific. Um, Drew Locke had no TDs in this game. Listen, Drew Locke can't play the game. I, I don't know why they keep trotting him out there. There has to be somebody else available. It's really tough watching that guy play. Javante Williams, the second-round draft pick out of North Carolina, had 12 carries for 46 yards for the Broncos, caught two balls for 18 yards. That's a really great building block between him and, and um, Patrick Sertain the second. They had a terrific draft. In the offseason, I'm going to break down the drafts of these teams, and we're going to break down who had the best draft in 2021 now that we have a full season to evaluate the players. It's going to be some fun stuff. 
All right, Dallas uh, and the Eagles. Dallas won 51 to 26. Mika Parsons, who I think is a defensive player of the year out of Penn State, uh, did not play in the game. Dak Prescott had five TDs. Um, the Eagles put up really um, no defense whatsoever. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, who was the fifth round pick out of Memphis, who was linked to the Bucks, uh, went to the Eagles in the fifth round. He ran the ball tw- 12 times, 78 yards in a TD, uh, caught four balls for nine yards. So great job, Kenneth Gainwell. We've talked about him on and off throughout the year. He's one of, the, he's one of those third down backs. Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, first round draft pick at Alabama, had three catches, 41 yards. When he wasn't injured, he was a difference maker uh, for the Eagles, even at his size and his weight. Uh, so congratulations to a terrific season for Devontae Smith. Again, a lot of starters didn't play in this game for Dallas, uh, and they still won 51-26. So there you go. And that's, our, and that's the Bucks opponent coming up this week. So the Eagles, I hope you remember the sting of this game, and, uh, and the Bucks are about to roll you over. Pittsburgh Ravens, Pittsburgh 16, Ravens 13. Najee Harris, the um, running back out of Alabama, first-round draft pick of Pittsburgh, had 11 carries for 28 yards. The really interesting um, thing about Najee Harris is on the year he had 381 touches, which led the league in touches, and he had no fumbles for the season. Incredible job, Najee. Terrific job. And i um, very proud of you and, and the hard work that you gave, and you're going to be a stealer for a long time. No fumbles on 380 touches. Wow. That's sensational. Pat Fryermuth, you heard it here on Best in Class First. Nobody else was talking about this guy. I talked about him out of Penn State. He was a second-round tight end pick. I said, this guy's going to be a red zone target for, for Ben. And what does he do? He led the team in receiving again with six catches for 53 yards. Pat Fryermuth, shout out to you, buddy. I started talking about you on the third week of the season. Nobody even knew who you were. Uh, you were definitely – I found you, so you made me look good. Thank you. Um, Tyler Huntley, free agent Utah quarterback that was uh, the Ravens quarterback, completed only 16 passes through two picks, had, his ba- had a very, very uh, bad game against the Steelers. Um, they couldn't really move the ball. He didn't really have any running game to help him. So the Ravens mercifully came to an end with their injuries. They had a lot of injuries. Pittsburgh obviously stayed alive with the uh, Jacksonville game. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Cincinnati and the Browns. Browns won 21-16 to over Cincy. Cincy set its starters in this game. I mean, Jamar Chase, uh, their first-round draft pick at LSU, who's probably going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. You know, he had two catches in the game. He didn't really play the game. Burrow. Their first-round draft pick at uh, LSU didn't play in the game. Uh, Chris Evans had a sighting. So Chris Evans played for Harbaugh uh, at running back uh, last year. He was a six-round draft pick out of Michigan. He had uh, seven carries for 35 yards, four catches, 24 yards, and a TD. So congratulations to Chris Evans. Um, he, got to play, he got to play some extended time for Cincy because they were sitting their starters. Uh, Noah Spence, for all you Bucks fans, our second-round draft pick um, back in the day, Five tackles in this game. He actually played a significant amount of time for Cincy in this game. So congratulations to Noah Spence. Uh, Dearness Johnson, uh, USF running back. So I'm bringing this up. He had 25 carries for 123 yards and a TD for the Browns. I love this guy. The guy's not under contract next year. The Bucks uh, only have Keyshawn Vaughn under contract for next year. This is a guy I target in the offseason. He's not going to get playing time next year when both of the running backs for Cleveland are healthy. This is a guy I would go after. He's got a lot of juice on those legs. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He runs hard. He runs like every carry is going to be his last carry in the NFL, which I absolutely love. Uh, Demetric Felton, who was linked to the Bucks last year uh, as a running back, and he's, and he's a catching running back at USCLA. He was a six-round draft pick 
he carried the ball uh, twice uh, for 18 yards and a TD. He didn't have a lot of rushing yards. He was returning the ball at one point, returning punts at one point. They really tried to feather him in, but the Browns are just so deep at running back. Greg Newsom, the first-round corner out of Northwestern of the Browns, had three tackles. The guy's been a solid starter all year. He's going to make the best-in-class all-rookie team, which I'll be revealing uh, in the offseason. So why don't you email me at bestinclass at billcurry.com and, and tell me some guys that uh, if you think uh, should go on that all-rookie team, I'd be happy to respond. I loved getting emails this week. Uh, I try to get back to all of them. But I'm very excited about how fast the podcast is growing. Okay, uh, Lions and Packers. Um, so the Lions won this game 37-30, to 30, and I really thought they affected their draft status. But thank God they didn't. They actually, between them and Jacksonville, the Jacksonville won too. So the Lions didn't screw themselves up by winning this game. Jordan Love, the first-round draft pick out of Utah State, went 10 of 17 for a TD and threw two picks in, in um, Aaron Rodgers' absence. Didn't look very good. Rashawn Gary, I'm bringing this up because Ron, Rashawn Gary was a five-star recruit out of Michigan, and he went in the first round late to the pack. And it was really because a lot of them said he couldn't rush the passer. And this is, you know, one of those things I'm bringing up is because the guy had nine and a half sacks on the year, 27 tackles. Congratulations to Rashawn Gary putting it together. He was actually the number one recruit in the nation when he went to Michigan in the, out of all the recruiting class. So Amon Ross St. Brown, the fourth-round draft pick at a USC, had eight catches for 109 yards and a TD. Obviously, he's had a tremendous season. I'm so proud of him. Again, a guy that was introduced to the public from best-in-class with Sean Sullivan. Nobody talked about Amon Ross St. Brown until I brought him up second week of the season, said he's, this guy's going to get the targets this guy is going to be Jeff, uh, uh, Jared Goff's number one target, and he is, and he finished the season, and I'm so proud of him. Just I love these guys. When, you, when you're really into the draft and you see these guys that other people aren't high on and you say, no, these guys can play, and then they go out in the NFL and show it, it's awesome. Uh, DeAndre Swift, um, at the running back, second-round draft pick out of Georgia, had uh, seven carries for 30 yards and a TD. You know, he's been injured, so he was back in this game. So um, he's a terrific dynamite player, so – I'm really happy with the Lions. They had a really great draft class, uh, draft class this year with Panay Sol out of Oregon, Amara St. Brown, Levi out of Washington. You know, last year they drafted DeAndre Swift. I mean, they, they, they're putting it together. They got two first-round draft picks this year. They have all um, two second-round draft picks. I think they can really make a difference on defense, which I think they're going to focus on. I think they're going to not draft a quarterback. But, again, that's draft talk. I'm going to move on. We got lots of time to talk about the Lions and Packers. By the way, the Packers losing this game did not affect their status as a, as a first seed in, in the uh, NFC. But it did affect the fact that I loved it and laughed and you guys suck. I can't wait to see you in the playoffs. I hope you make it to the Bucks, because I, I want to go to Lambeau Field and watch Crybaby run off the field with his man bun or whatever that thing is. I don't even know what that thing is. Grace, what is that thing called? That, is it a man bun? It High bun. ponytail? What are we calling that thing? It is a man bun. Yeah, it's just terrible. Um, you know, but he's a terrible human being, so there you go. Titans and Texans. Uh, Titans 28, Texans 25. Davis Mills, another solid game, 23 of 33, 301, three TDs through no picks. This was the third-round draft pick. Actually, the first it's their first pick in the entire draft was in the third round. They picked Davis Mills out of Stanford. Terrific pick because this guy, the last six to eight games of the season, is putting it together. He only played 11 college games. So he was a number one recruit, uh, five-star recruit at, to Stanford, and he, he didn't get a chance to play a lot. His, you know, he was injured. 
But I'm thinking to myself, it, do we have another injured quarterback that turns it on in the NFL? I mean, how many times have we seen it, guys that we never really put much stock in and they become something just because they never got the playing time and never got development? This guy's getting pro coaching. And congratulations to Davis Mills because he looked awful at the beginning of the season when he took over for an injured um, quarterback. But all rookie quarterbacks look bad. But I'm telling you, they don't need a quarterback at this point. Now they can trade, get some draft picks. So Nico Collins, their third-round draft pick out of Michigan, three catches for 67 yards. I always like mentioning him. I liked him in college. Um, he's a hardworking receiver, but um, he's, he's probably a second or a third starter. Houston needs to add a top-tier um, receiver. And, you know, last night's Alabama-Georgia game, we saw some top receivers in that game. So we'll see what happens. Um, here we go. Jacksonville 26, Colts 11. I watched this entire game, and it goes to show you that uh, on any given day, right, they always say that in the NFL, any given day, Trevor Lawrence, the first overall pick out of Clemson, was at 1.17 of 18. It's like he came into this game going, I'm tired of everybody saying I'm a bust. I'm tired of everybody saying I have to wait till next year. He actually showed something. I mean, he threw the ball 32 times, completed 23 passes, but he only – only for 225 yards. I get that. But two TDs. He was very accurate with the football. Congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. He was the difference maker in the first half, which Jacksonville built a lead. And Jacksonville has some playmakers on, on defense with Josh Allen. And, you know, Josh Allen was a player that I wanted the Bucks to draft, and he's one of the top premier pass rushers in the NFL. So there you go. Um, Darar, D Dario, I'm sorry, let's say this again. Dare Ungunbawali. You guys know this guy. He was the running back the, for the Bucks. We actually had him. Uh, we signed him away from the Giants practice squad. We had him on our team for a little while. He had a showing in Jacksonville. 11 carries for 30 yards. Not really much for pounding ground, but he's a former Buck. I thought I should mention him. I never learned how to pronounce his name. Uh, I apologize, but there you go. He's a former Buck. 11, 11 carries, 30 yards for Jacksonville. So I think that's where players go to die, but we'll see. That or the Giants, right? Uh, Vikings uh, 31, Bears 17. You know what? I have another note on the Colts game. Let me just go back to the Colts game real quick. This is what happens when your players aren't used to being in a position to win. And they needed this game, and Carson Wentz, you know, decided that he wasn't going to play in this game. So, there, I mean, the quarterback play in the NFL is the most important position. It's more important than left tackle. It's more important than, than right defensive end, pass rusher, quarterback, moves your team this the teams go by how the quarterback plays Carson Wentz is a guy that's inconsistent even with that strong running game and he just couldn't play in this game and Jacksonville had nothing to play for absolutely zero they got Urban Myers sitting somewhere drinking pina coladas trying to figure out what hell happened to him and then probably with that same girl he was dancing with when he didn't fly back with his own team what a scumbag that guy is I'm glad they fired him should have fired him before the game started anyway no, not to digress, Jacksonville had nothing to play for, and they still came to play against the Colts. And congratulations to Jacksonville. Colts, I hope you learned a lesson. I know after the game the head coach said, well, we're going to learn from this. Yeah, you learned, you learned not, to, not to lay down to your competition, which is a tough lesson to learn. Vikings-Bears, Vikings 31, Bears 17. Darnell Mooney, he's a fifth-round pick of Chicago out of Tulane, had 12 catches, 126 yards. Uh, Justin Fields, who is their franchise quarterback out of Ohio State, who was their first-round draft pick, didn't play in this game. Um, he's missed, uh, like, the last four games. There really wasn't much to talk about in the Vikings. The game was just an awful game. I only watched, like, half of this game. I couldn't even get through it. It was such a bad game. Emir Smith-Marset, 
We've never talked about this guy before in the podcast. He was a fifth-round draft pick out of Iowa of the Vikings. Had three catches for 103 yards and a TD. And guess how many yards he has in the season, 103 yards. So this was the first game that he played. Everybody played a lot of backups in this game. So Amir Smith-Marset really had a standout game. Three catches, 103 yards and a TD. Fifth-round draft pick out of Iowa for the Vikings. Uh, Washington and the Giants. Washington won 22, Giants 7. Um, how they don't – the Giants' gym literally retired. Joe Judge, that guy's awful. I mean, you guys see that third down and nine QB sneak, and then after the game he said that Fromm, who was their fifth pick out of Georgia, the QB, Jake Fromm, everybody knows him, wasn't prepared to be in that situation. What are you talking about? Jake Fromm went, completed 15 passes for 100 yards and two, and two, IT, uh, two interceptions. I mean, you can't play worse. If this guy can't play at the NFL level, why is he on your team? And why on earth would you sit there and say, well, he wasn't prepared to throw the ball in that situation? He's an NFL quarterback. It's third and nine. I mean, you should be able to throw a nine-yard pass or nine-and-a-half-yard pass or a ten-yard pass in the NFL, for goodness sakes. Um, Antonio Gibson, third-round draft pick out of Memphis, 21 carries, 146 yards for, for Washington. Obviously, he's their an, an amazing running back for them. He's their workhorse. I think he's just an above-average guy who gets a lot of carries, a lot of touches, but he plays really hard, uh, so congratulations to him. Jameen Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky, their first-round draft pick, had eight tackles, was all over the field for Washington. Uh, the Giants are a terrible team, um, and they just need to clean house. New Orleans and Falcons. New Orleans won the game 30-20. to My only notes on this game is they're both losers. Uh, that's it. That's all I got to say. And New Orleans fans, if you're listening, and I know there's a bunch of New Orleans fans listening because you guys send me emails, okay? How does the view look from your couch, right? You don't have a game to go to. You want to know why? Unless you're a Bagwagon fan, which I don't – I hope, you know, hope you, well, you probably are because you guys are all losers. But anyway, the view must look really good from, uh, from your couch. You guys suck. You guys are terrible fans. I hate when you come here. Please don't come to Tampa when, we, when you guys play us. I really appreciate it. The cleanup that has to be done, it's just not fair to the city of Tampa for all these hardworking people to have to clean up after you people when you come here. Can't stand New Orleans. Hope you lose your franchise. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Did we start our fire Sean Payton page yet? We're not starting that page. Well, I want to start this page. Please email me at bestinclass at billcurry.com if you want me to start the page, and you will contribute because I'll get this list started. We will fight cancer. With, with the pediatric cancer, we will get dogs for our Black Dagger program, for our, vet, our vets that come back. I will personally spend money on the Shriners. We will continue to work with all these great organizations. But at the same time, can't we just start a, a, another one, Grace? We can do the 40-second charity that Bill Curry does is to get this guy fired. I'm helping people with this. Anyway, and please, if you want to donate to any of these amazing Charities that Jennifer and her family are, they're, they're just amazing. Go to Curry Cares. Um, it's on our website. You'll be able to see a list of them. Um, you, you can see what, what a philanthropist the Currys are to the Tampa community. We do a lot. I, do, I definitely want something for me on this. So think about it, Grace, will you? <laughs> Bills 27, Jets 10. Yes, those are the same Jets that we played last week that we had to have a last-second touchdown on. Let me go over the Zach Wilson's line. Uh, he is their first-round draft pick at a BYU Completed seven passes for 20 yards, or for 87 yards, and a TD on the game. He wasn't hurt. That's what he did. So, again, that's what he's been doing all year until he played us for some reason. I don't know why we played down to the Jets, but we did. Greg Rousseau, 
uh, the first-round draft pick of the Bills uh, out of Miami, had five tackles, one tackle for a loss. He's had a tremendous season. Did he make the uh, best-in-class all-rookie team? You will soon find out. Josh Allen threw a spectacular pass in this game as he was getting tackled out of bounds. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and, and watch that. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Miami, 33. Pats, 24. Tua, first-round draft pick, QB out of Alabama, 15 of 22. One, only threw for 109 yards and a TD and they still won the game. Uh, Duke Johnson's really the reason why. The guy's running like his hair's on fire. Uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, first-round draft pick out of Alabama from Miami, five catches, 27 yards, and a TD. Became the NFL's um, reception leader for a rookie uh, in the history uh, of the NFL. So congratulations to Jalen Waddell. You guys might think that uh, he might be on the all-rookie team since he set an NFL record for the most receptions. What a year he had. Mac Jones, first-round draft pick out of Alabama uh, for the Pats, 20 of 30, 261 in a TD and an interception. Very pedestrian game for Mac Jones. The Pats just had no running game. They couldn't get it going. They had their full stable of running backs. They just Miami just has a terrific defensive um, line playing really well right now. And Brian Flores got fired, and I love Brian Flores. I thought he was a fantastic coach for Miami. It's really sad to see him get fired. He's going to land on his feet. He immediately would become my top guy if I was looking. If I was a franchise, if I was Jacksonville or I was Minnesota or Chicago, he would be my first choice. I, I, wouldn't, I would call him and say, please come to my team. The guy's a terrific coach. But let's be honest, he got fired for one reason. He got fired because he drafted Tua over Herbert. And, and I've been t I talked about this the first and second week of the season. Miami is always going to regret not drafting the second coming of Dan Marino and, and drafting Tua. And I think at the end of the day that it cost Brian Flores his job, especially if the ownership of Miami was watching that the San Diego uh, game, which was one of the greatest games ever played, that San Diego Raiders game. If you didn't watch it, it's one of the greatest games to ever watch. And you – and all of the people who are listening to me in South Korea, please go on Game Pass and watch the Chargers and the Raiders. It is one of the greatest games you will ever watch. Um, I, I wish you the very best, Brian and I, and I uh, Flores, and I hope that you find a, a good spot for you because I, I think you're an outstanding leader and an outstanding coach. Um, Seattle and the Cardinals played. Seattle won 38-30. to The only notes I have, I did watch this game. It wasn't a boring game. It was okay. But when you're watching two teams that you wish didn't play, it's, it's hard sometimes to get through it. This is the only time you're ever going to hear this. Thank you, Seahawks, for beating the Cardinals. That's the only time you're ever going to hear from me. And by the way, I don't know uh, if, if it's on ESPN or not, but um, I hope that Pete Carroll gets fired. And I hope Russell Wilson goes to another team, probably Denver. That would be a great pick for Russell Wilson. I hope he leaves the Seahawks, and the Seahawks um, lose their franchise, and they become like the German Seahawks or the London Monarchs or something like that. So that would be awesome. Uh, 49ers, Rams, uh, 49ers, 27, Rams, 24. What a great game this was. Everybody's watching it. If you haven't watched the Bucks locker room YouTube video where they see the reaction to this game when Stafford throws that pick in the fourth uh, quarter, you should watch it. It's on YouTube. It's the Bucks reaction to the 49ers win. Elijah Mitchell, the sixth-round draft pick out of Louisiana, ran the ball 21 times, 85 yards. This guy's a star. I've talked about him all year. What a find for, for the 49ers. By the way, this guy played for the Florida coach, Napier. This was a recruit of Napier's and coached him at Louisiana. So congratulations to the new Florida coach and, and the fact that he's putting together quite a recruiting uh, class. Anytime that Florida teams win, I'm happy. 
So I'm not one of these guys that roots against Florida teams. I want Miami, Florida State, and Florida, and UCF, and USF. I want them all to win games because I love Florida, and I love to watch us beat everybody. So it's not, it does us no good when Florida and Florida State have off years. I don't like it. Cam Akers had a return, speaking of Florida State homers. Uh, Second-round draft pick out of Florida State. He had five carries for three yards. But having that guy back for the playoffs, what a terrific job, Cam. He had a terrible injury, guys. And this guy worked his butt off to get back. So congratulations to Cam Akers. Van Jefferson, their second-round draft pick out of Florida, had two catches for 31 yards. He finished the season with 802 yards and six TDs. So congratulations to uh, Van Jefferson. Getting to that Vegas uh, Chargers is our last game. And it's fitting. I saved this for last because this was one of the greatest football games I've ever watched. The Vegas ended up winning 35-32 to 32 over the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert, first-round draft pick out of Oregon. Everybody knows he's my favorite. 34 of 64, 383 yards and three TDs. He was 6 of 6 on fourth down. The guy, the guy tried to will his team to a victory. It just didn't happen. The Chargers coach, he just, he just makes silly calls and, and does silly things. That timeout at the end of the game, please watch this game on Game Pass. All of you, Everybody listening to my podcast, please watch this game, and you tell me that it's not one of the best games you've ever seen. I, I was literally on the edge of my couch at, at midnight watching the end of this game. It was incredible. Just incredible will. Everybody was so tired in this game, but I truly believe in my heart that the Raiders would have what were sitting for that tie until the timeout was called by the Chargers. I truly believe because that clock was at 38 seconds. The Raiders didn't call a timeout. It was third and four. They didn't change the play at the line of scrimmage, and Derek Carr didn't very, seem very eager to get to the line of scrimmage. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, the Chargers are—I mean, sorry—the Raiders are literally going to run this ball up the middle and punt. And, and then both the Chargers and the Raiders go to the playoffs. And what do the Chargers do? They call a timeout to get in a proper running defense that ended up giving up 10 yards on the final play that put them in field goal range. I don't know what run defense you put in, but scrap that play from the playbook. My goodness, what a terrible that – whole, that hole was a debacle, that calling that timeout. If you're looking at the other team and they're not calling a timeout, let it go. Right there, it was a 57-yard field goal at that point. They're not trying it because if you block that kick or something happens, you know, and then the San Diego runs that ball back, you're not kicking the ball. You're just going to let the clock run out. Let the clock run out. Have some game awareness. I completely disagree with him after the game that he said that they were going to play for the win. They weren't playing for the win. They were walking around like they were ready to go to the locker room because they were exhausted in overtime. Everybody was exhausted. Everybody wanted to go home, and I don't blame them. But what a great game. Rashawn Slater, the left tackle out of Northwestern, first-round draft pick of the Chargers, played his, played his tail off in this game. If you watch this game back, watch the right tackle for the Chargers. Uh, Jeff Patterson and I were discussing this. He didn't play well. He's going to get replaced. And I, don't, I didn't even write down his name because I don't even know who he is, but, uh, uh, nor will anybody next year. So I hope you enjoyed uh, Best in Class with Sean Sullivan. Hope you enjoy your, your ride home. I can't wait to talk about playoffs with you next week. And then we can start our off-season of draft picks, doing the Senior Bowl, which is very exciting this year. All the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl are, are going to be first-round draft picks. It's, I mean, how often does that ever happen? It never happens. But I'm not going to bore you. There's plenty of time to talk about it. Um, I hope you enjoy your ride home. God bless. And uh, hope to hope you – oh, write me an email. Follow us at uh, Bill Curry Tampa and all that other stuff. All right, Sean Sullivan out.